today, not only is the guest stand out from the rest of his field, but he does it without applying pressure, enjoying his craft as it should be, not in it for money or fame, and from the start had no agenda to do so. He created his community by being his authentic self, which we all struggle with, especially me and people my age. Leaving school and going to work can be challenging, and not trying to fit into your surroundings can be even more so. To resist the current when you feel it is taking you astray from yourself and to keep yourself on a path you believe in can feel exhausting. So if you want a glimpse into how you can stay humble and focused but still enjoy life, then if I was you, I'd play close attention to what's to come. I, I failed school. Um, I had one GCSE in maths, I think, and that was a C because that was the highest I could get in that group that I was in. I'm very good at logically thinking about how to sort of fix a problem and how to do it. I'm not the best fabricator in the world. Um, if anybody watches my channel, they know that. Uh, I, I come up with the ideas on how to fix things and how to get around problems. Problem solving is great. Uh, fabricating might not be the best, but it works. And if it doesn't work and it breaks and it's weak, I'll remake it afterwards and we make it stronger. And been described a few times of just that man in the shed, a bit like the old Chiji Jerome Mangrang, where the bloke goes in there, bangs away for you know three, six months, and then something pops out. Watch me come and make mistakes, basically, and uh, and see see where we go and what projects we do. I think I've, yeah, as always, I've learned that you know nothing's too far out of reach to do yourself. You might not do it right the first time, yeah, and it might not be perfect. I'm going to give it six months full time and let's see how we go. You need to find time to be able to create the content. And they understood that, you know, they're quite new to YouTube, but they understood that I was inspiring other people to restore cars. How well, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're sparking, and that's what I sort of all the car shows is, you know, you're trying to spark younger generations into trying to fix cars and restore cars yeah. and keep these cars alive. Yeah, I, I won an award that year for that. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. How are we? Uh, yeah, good. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Because I'm interested in sort of your beginnings and um, what ignited your passion for cars in the first place. It's got to be my dad. He's he always has been. Um, I, I, I saw a picture. Well, I keep, it keeps coming up a picture of him. Where I'm two, three years old in wellies with a nappy on, standing next to him while he's building an engine or something in the garage, and you know bending over watching him. And yeah, so ever since I could move and crawl, I've just been in the garage with my dad, sort of thing. So uh, yeah, so I just spurred him from there. So as soon as I was old enough, well before I was even old enough to. We got cars when I was sort of 10, 12 or whatever, I had a mini and stuff like that. So it's just constantly, yeah, he's, he's raced, not professionally, but he raced um, and things like that. So he's just always restored cars. So definitely my dad. Yeah. I mean, what has that relationship with your dad been like and cars growing up as a, as a young as a young man? You mentioned cars at 10, 12. So what was it like being surrounded by that and having that experience at a young age? it's been great yeah you know just roll out your door and then just go see what your dad's up to in the garage see what he's working on and eventually yeah he sort of surprised me with a, a minivan when i was like 11 or 12 and uh yeah we just sort of tinkered on that sort of thing and didn't drive anywhere we're you know, not big enough to actually have a sort of drive around but uh yeah then we ended up getting a little kit car scamp kit car which we then transferred all the parts to which in hindsight yeah should have kept the van really but you know in the uh in the 80s uh it was vans were you know 20 quid sort of thing so uh great yeah he had a little workshop he's, he's got you know he, he does everything himself so he's got the lathes he's got the milling machines and so oh, whenever yeah. i just needed something yeah he, he just made it you know thank you for listening so far and before we get back to hearing more from our guests a huge thank you to those who support the podcast by listening and sharing it among friends and enthusiasts alike 
Suppose you could help by becoming a patron. By becoming a patron, you can access live events and video podcasts. These podcasts will always be and continue to be free forever. But like anyone doing something out of passion, I want to improve. Better guests, audio and more production. If you're willing to give a small monthly amount and invest in my mission to inspire, inform and entertain by getting better equipment and giving me more time to invest back into the podcast, I would be forever grateful for anything you can provide. If you're currently on your journey to explore your passion for cars and need help introducing yourself to people in the industry, patrons will also be having a one-to-one with me to help advise and see if the network I have built during this podcast can help you achieve your goals. I will leave further information in the show notes below if you want to know more about how you can help. That's brilliant. It must be nice having sort of that that wisdom and that experience on tap, especially with someone who's interested in cars. Yeah, this, this still goes on now sort of thing. So we still bounce ideas off. It's the only text that we ever do is just sort of bouncing ideas off each other and see what he's up to now. And as yeah. men do, we don't talk much, do we, personally? So it's a... Uh... I mean, well, this is going to be an interesting conversation then. Um, but sort of, Matt, when you when you look at sort of your, your passion for cars and coming to a 10, 12 and that sort of what you want to do with your career, I know for me that school kind of was was helpful but it wasn't sort of telling me the ways what I could do with my passion so when it came to you sort of school I don't know 16 17 leaving sort of then what was the plan for you I I failed school um I had one GCSE in maths I think and that was a C because that's the highest I could get in that group that I was in even engineering and stuff I got D's and stuff and I just I stupidly at 16 got my GCSE so oh, I'm going to come back and do A levels that's what I do and then they just said Nah, you're not good enough for A-levels. You need to retake some of your GCSEs. I was like, ah. Oh. So I joined uh, this like little college place um, near me that sort of IT taught you a few things. And they also paid you 25 quid a week sort of thing. It's like, wow, I'll go do that. And we had an interview there. My dad came along and they said, like, oh, what do you want to do in life? I said, I want to be a, a draftsman like my dad, you know, CAD work. And my dad says, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Just ignore what he wants and just let's get on with it. You know, he just he's always, you know, thought he's going to do what I do if you saw me, but let's just see. So, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, that got me uh, a completely random job in, in a company that worked for the railway, and uh, I just helped them out on their ITs. And again, I was in the with the lads in the workshop, building and welding and fabricating all sorts of things. And uh, yeah, just with that sort of way I went. And just my school years weren't my, my most favourite, but uh, yeah, they didn't. It didn't really teach me too much. You know, maybe I didn't wasn't a very good listener either, if you saw what I mean. But the uh, engineering class and stuff like that, everything my dad and my other life and friends have taught me a lot more than my school did at the time. You know, that shows you that qualifications aren't everything. It does help, opens doors and stuff. To, yeah. And yeah. so, would you say you're you're better with your hands then than you are with with your head? Uh, yeah, a, a bit of both. I think I'm very good at logically thinking about how to sort of fix a problem and how to do it. I'm not the best fabricator in the world um if anybody watches my channel they know that uh i come up with the ideas on how to fix things and how to get around problems in you know so yeah problem solving is great how i sort of uh, uh fabricate it might not be the best but it works and if it doesn't work and it breaks and it's weak i'll remake it afterwards and we make it stronger and you know and uh yeah you know i always try and do a lot of the jobs myself even if i'm not brilliant at it it's just a great experience you know and yeah where does this where does this willingness to learn come from because clearly at school you were you would probably that you did try and it didn't, didn't turn off but um but where did it come from a later age going that, that now i want to learn how to do everything i want to learn how to break these things down i want to learn how to problem solve uh, again oh, i'm going to keep harping on about my dad i think i think he's uh he's my hero if you sort of mean so just here yeah, he's always been that guy that would never 
doesn't get the plumber in and I don't you know there's still now you know all the jobs in the house you know you I'm very reluctant you know and the wife gets quite annoyed by it when you say well I'll try and fix it at the weekend and then all of a sudden you've got your certain like washing machine all in bits and stuff like that you know it's just that mentality of like well I can take it apart and I can figure out see if I can figure it out you know there's normally something visible that's broken on lots of things that break in life so uh yeah and that's just yeah it's just we've just grown up in the family you know it's just like you know extensions being built things like that you know my dad used to do as much as he could before he had to then get the professionals in to finish yeah. that part off uh so yeah it's just always been that sort of yeah i've never thought about getting anyone to help first if you saw i mean it's all event of youtube's been great that you can just watch everybody else that shows you how to bead roll or fold metal or weld or set your tig settings and things like that so is that yeah is that is that how you learn it's just through youtube and stuff it, yeah, it has obviously over the last sort of 10, 15 years when it's been around. So, uh, yeah, otherwise before that, it was just, yeah, literally who you work with. You know, I worked with some very good people in my first few jobs to do sort of before I sort of completely went software. Um, yeah, where you we were able to sort of go in the workshop and they just showed you all the tools and the presses and things and how they did their bush fixes and stuff like mm. that. So, oh, brilliant. And so you've you've taken this this um, continuous love for learning how to take things apart and you you were you're watching youtube so when did the idea to first come pick up a camera and start recording something was there a particular project or was there a particular idea that you just thought this would be good if i showed it to other people uh, yeah it just happened when i was doing the um well i've always sort of blogged a bit i remember one of my very first websites when i was building a mini pickup out of an, an estate which we won't go there too much but again i was uploading photos before before youtube uploading photos automatically and and you could go on the website and just click through all the photos and leave comments on the photos and things like that before wordpress and things like that and so yeah i've done that and then i did the sort of club forms where i set up a mini club and you know we just everyone just as you do on forms blog so i've always sort of blogged the bills and photos and it just got to that point where I was like, I've been watching YouTube quite a bit, and I just saw someone doing a time lapse of uh, spinning a car around or something. I'm doing some welding, and I thought, well, well, I'll try a bit of YouTube. So I just just grabbed the phone camera, and and the very first video, I just because I was just started restoring a, a jet black, and uh, yeah, so I just started filming some of that, some of the seal being cut out, and uh, and I just uploaded it, and I was surprised that a few people commented, and one guy comment and said oh you need to get yourself a tripod it's a little bit blurry you know just holding the camera all the time so I dug out my dad's old tripod I said you got one laying around I was, you know, and I still use it now and yeah from then on then I use the iPhone so basically I, I just use the time-lapse option for all the sort of boring bits yeah just to try and shorten the video down I saw so I don't really do too much editing as such sort of thing you know um, and yeah I just did that and you know you were just you know I was getting you know 10 20 views a day or whatever or something like that and i was really impressed and then i was like yeah you know just just found that you know at that time it worked quite well that the kids were sort of entertaining themselves a bit in the evening so basically i was just able to nip out into the garage and just do a you know an hour's video sort of thing you know every, every night you know at that point i was doing it every day sort of i did this sort of like 300 odd videos nearly hmm. daily sort of thing you know just 10 minute videos and uh yeah it just went from there and it just grew a bit sort of thing so uh, yeah and so when did it turn to the point where like I can I'm, I'm getting some traction I'm doing I'm doing quite well and when was the point you decided that like it, I'm going to make this more of a thing and I'm going to put more effort into it uh, maybe just after that project that we sort of we picked up a mark 1 that we started doing um and then I've created a time lapse of all my videos on my sort of the first restoration if you sort of mean and yeah. that for some reason I don't know why it was a 45 minute long video and I, you know I didn't you know just uploaded it and that sort of started going a bit viral sort of thing and just going crazy and I'm like why is this going crazy so that sort of helped me bring in the subs um 
but yeah, it, it, yeah, and it's still going strong now. Like three point six million views on this video, if you see what I mean. And and it's just I couldn't believe it. And, you know, you think, well, if I could do every video like that, it's great. But none of them, not all of them, do. So just after that, mark one minute it started picking up. I then sort of um, got in touch, or they got in touch with me. Um, Transport um, Trust. Um, yeah. They do an awards every year. Um, they give money away to sort of different, you know, organisations and people. And they came and visited me, checked me out, and you know, saw that you know I had like I don't know two, three thousand subs at the time at that point. And and they understood that you know they're quite new to YouTube, but they understood that I was inspiring other people to restore cars. How well it doesn't matter. It's more that you in, you you're, you're sparking, and that's what I sort of all the car shows is you know you're trying to spark younger generations into trying to fix cars and restore cars yeah. and keep these cars alive. And uh, yeah, I, I won an award that year for that. And by the time I came to the actual awards, which was nearly a year later, I was up to 6,000 subs, you know, and uh, it just, it, yeah, it just grew from there sort of thing. And found that sort of, if I sort of alternated between sort of restorations and sort of custom cars, as I'd call them or something, that was quite good as well, because yeah, people do love that sort of mad, whatever you're doing, building something, you know, V6, V10s, whatever, shoving in there or cutting half a cars in half um that's really good fun and people enjoy that so that's really sort of helped it take off over the ten thousand. you know now brilliant and sort of when you got that award and the recognition what was that like personally for you it is really good uh i'm gonna mention my dad again because he, he lived up north yorkshire way so he came down in a day and sort of came to the award ceremony and everything suited and booted and we got to go around uh, uh the museum there where they hosted it and stuff like that so it, it, it's, it's yeah it was really good just like listening to the people sort of you know talking about you and and, and why and why you won the award and yeah maybe not everyone agrees sometimes but it, it, yeah again because obviously uh sometimes my qualities are you know i'm no professional world or i'm no thing but half half most people in their garages aren't if you saw me and they still tinker away and you know and they, you know you need to feel sort of comfortable and uh encourage people to do these sort of things so uh, yeah yeah it's, it's quite amazing so yeah i got the old certificate up on the wall at home sort of thing above the dining room table sort of thing so uh yeah it spurs you on sort of thing to keep on doing it no fantastic and i think creativity is a big thing that we all have and it's it's a it's a thing that you don't necessarily have to have a degree for you don't have to have qualifications and it's amazing that especially you champion this is is the fact that you can if it's in your head and you just take the time to put it down on paper and and, and fabricate it yourself you can make anything you want there's, there's nothing stopping you from making a crazy sort of subaru base 6r4 so it's it's yeah it, where does where's the ideas come from where does the creativity come from because it's something i, I quite like as well to sort of have the ideas because yeah where, where did you think the creativity comes from <sighs> I think the ideas just stack up. I sort of write a little list. I'm not calling it a black book as such, but, you know, it's just this little list of every so often, you know, after a few beers, you've had a chat with someone or you see something on TV and just, you know, yeah. So I've got, yeah, you know, obviously new things always keep popping in and jumping in front of others. And some are sort of dream ones where you think, well, you know, I need money to be able to do that sort of build. Yeah. You know? So I've got, you know, yeah, I've got sort of a, you know, a big list of sort of 20 odd projects in my head that, you know, be nice to do at some point. Some may be impossible and, um, but whatever you know so yeah when you get to sort of the end of all one project or near the end of a project and you feel like you want to change up I sort of just sort of go through the old black book and go oh, okay well, yeah that could be anything or and then things change a bit you know you, you know uh, certain engines that you thought about 10 years ago are sort of you know they're a bit obsolete now or something and there's a newer version or something different and you think well yeah I'll twist that idea up a bit more and change mm -hmm. it you know because of times have changed sort of thing so yeah you know, I'm just constantly thinking about ideas, even that's the trouble, you know, you're, you're doing one project, and you're already starting to think about the next two or three, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, just just have a big old list. I've still got, yeah. 
Yeah, and you, and you mentioned you're there quite a lot, but the rest of your family, what do they think of your escapades? <laughs> I think they're starting to get used to it now. They're, they're, again, yeah, uh, my wife just just resigns the fact that, that you know suddenly there's a car turns up sort of thing or you know and just oh there's another one is there sort of thing you know or you know you've secretly bought another car um and the kids are just yeah they're um they, they get involved sometimes i've just uh just recently last year we me and the other the youngest daughter we sort of built a jurassic park jeep together sort of thing because that's again we've talked about it for years sort of thing and that's how project stars we talk about them and then you find the odd part and we found the wheels that we needed two three years ago so I bought the wheels because they were cheap on eBay, got my mate to ship them down. And they've just been in storage for two years while we're waiting to even get close to building the car. So, yeah. uh, from, but from a YouTube point of view, yeah, I remember the days when I was getting 100 subscribers or whatever. And they were just like, That's you're never going to get to 1,000, Dad, you know, <laughs> never will. You know, we got big YouTube stars. And all of a sudden, yeah, you know, you're into the 26,000 subs now. They sort of shut up a bit sort of thing. But they still say you're still working, Dad. So don't don't get too big-headed, if you know what I mean. So, uh well, it's nice to have that grounded sort of thing because even though it's it's not a massive number, it's still massive from where you started. Because if you think about thirty thousand people in a room, yeah, yeah, like that's that's stadium capacity. You so. know, yeah, it's, uh, you uh, you then uh, you then get like a a community going. There's definitely you know there's people that you know have gone you know by the wayside because there is you know busy in life. But you've got these sort of constant flow of the same people that comment and support you and just you know and you've got your patrons as well which are unbelievable these people that sort of you know offer you a couple of quid a, a month you know for for years and you know and they just they just want to support you but even just the, the current subscribers and the commenters are really nice to read sort of thing because it obviously as i'm sure you know on the on the internet there's all people can say whatever they want most of the things are nice there's always a few mm. that don't and you yeah you can you've got to be quite sort of thick skinned sometimes on 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 youtube and anywhere when you're public facing because you know you're doing stuff and there's always going to be people that don't agree with what you did and how you did it um and so you just got to get over that though really and just ignore them if you sort of mean and don't bite and uh stick with the people that do support you yeah so ignore the 80 percent of the people that don't like you because who cares about 80 percent if you just focus on that 20%, let's like say the people that do comment regularly, the people that do appreciate it, mm. A, your life can be better, better because you're not dwelling on the negatives. Yeah. And B, you're going to grow that community and it's going to be a stronger bond between you and the people watching. So it's only going to get better from there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and in the end, I don't encourage um, keyboard warriors, but, you know, your your, your current subscribers and your, we'll, we'll look out for you as well sort of thing. You know, I do see them sort of jumping in sometimes, which, you know, I find is great, but I also like... The key thing is never bite yourself. I know some YouTubers do, and they, you know it's part of their their sort of life. You know they won't they won't care, but you know I just yeah. it's easier to not respond to them. I just don't don't let them uh, have any airtime. No, for another, don't give any um, don't even shine to it. But so I mean, moving on from the, from the sort of the the um, background and the comment side to mm-hmm. the current project you've got going on at the moment, um, and this is a project that I I found on YouTube, and it's the reason I wanted to have this conversation because oh, okay. I've I've got an idea for a V12 Mini. I wanted okay. to do a, I wanted to do a homage to the McLaren F1, yeah. but in a, in an R53 sort of style shell. So where yeah, did the yeah, idea yeah. For, to do the V6 come from? Where did the idea to chuck a V6 in the back of a Mini come from? Well, it's a bit of a spin off from the, the the Frank and the 6R4 that I've got a friend who's uh, who was building a more of a, an original replica, and mm. he it stuck a, an Audi uh, three and a half liter V6 in the back, and he was going to turbo it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was just like. 
it'd be nice to sort of you know he said it was very simple wire and all this sort of stuff and i was looking around all the audi engines because again it's you know they're quite quite good and they're quite tunable and hackable mm. and there's a lot of knowledge out there then i realized they did like a 2.7 by turbo so it's like well yeah, get the one with the turbo on it already because that's all done for you the internals are better and all that you know and again there's quite a lot of logic out there then it was just okay well what car are we going to put it in because i was just bouncing around all different cars just before that but then i always quite like the original bmw minis you know i know mm. people hate them or whatever but i quite like the styling and i thought well they're quite cheap now and i had a guy local to me that said oh i've got one but with a blown engine i'll, I'll just deliver i'll take the engine out and for two three hundred quid i've got got this shell and basically a rolling shell and i thought well let's just do it so uh yeah, I quite like them. I thought it'd look quite good with a, a V6 in the back sort of thing, you know, with a, a firewall and just a couple of exhaust sticking out the back and didn't even know if it was going to fit or not. You know? And yeah, so I just went from there. Just, just I, I seem to sort of knee-jerk reaction quite a lot on these things. I end up buying the wrong bit sometimes because I don't do enough research sometimes. Yeah, You know, I just bought this engine, but it was an automatic, so that's caused headaches. I've obviously had to swap to a manual. I could have stayed auto, I guess, but oh, you, you, you need a manual and that sort of thing, so... So uh, again, yeah, you just sort of I just randomly buy cheap gearboxes off eBay and that causes, and then you've got the clutch problems and the flywheel, and you just, oh, and then the next minute I'm ordering a flywheel from Germany, if you sort of mean, cause, oh, you just like, it snowballs a little bit. So, but I don't know, I think it's a bit of the fun of that I sort of try and blog all that as well and tell people that. And yeah. people, it's entertainment for people seeing my mistakes, if you sort of mean, yeah, it can be a bit costly, but it's just, yeah, it's just part of the build. Part of my channel is just, yeah, just see me buy a few bits and bobs and, yeah we didn't even tape measure it we just cut the boot floor out of the mini and just see if it fitted and does the seat still fit in the front sort of thing you know if it does well this could work gaming like most hobbies can develop into your own career if you're willing to put the effort in when i first found out about car racing and racing games i was obsessed with online websites and games like gran turismo 3 i had so much fun learning racing lines and taking the perfect time to perfect each race. Nowadays, people are competing worldwide in head-to-head sim racing events. And that's where this month's sponsor, E-Team Hard, comes in. With the help of Lee and his team, we are giving away a sim racer starter pack, including merch to wear whilst gaming so you can look the part, with a 3D wrap t-shirt and sim socks, along with stickers to make your rig look the part. I can't believe I'm saying this. But you will be able to hear the sequential transmission with a headset from Meter Music. The giveaway starts November 7th and will run until the 30th of November, with the winner being announced on Friday the 2nd. So, just in time for Christmas to give yourself or your favourite sim racer their very own present. Full terms and conditions will be on the website and to enter, follow E-Team Hard and us on Instagram, comment and win on our post and share it on your story. I look forward to seeing the winner and rocking the new merch and those headphones. I'm sure it will help you with your apexes. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, so the crazy project seems to be sort of the, um, I want to say the ethos of your channel. But what would you describe as the, as the if you're going to give an elevator pitch about your channel, what what would you what would you say to someone that was going to watch it? I, I think it's, I think it's been described a few times of just that man in the shed, you know, of just. Uh, a bit like the old Chidi Joe Mangrang where the bloke goes in there, bangs away for, you know, three, six months and then something pops out, you know, and it's don't know what it's going to be at the end of the project and how it's going to look. Um, but yeah, you're just you're just following me on my journey as I'm sort of literally thinking about these things and solving the problems and yeah, and uh, people helping me solve some of the problems sometimes, you know, uh, one of the big problems. Well, one of the problems I just remembered is just on the on the Metro one, I, was, I put the radiator in the back of the car and 
And it had an alloy radio that came with this Subaru and I chopped all the fittings off and then I tried re-welding them on there with my TIG welding because I had to swap the radiator around uh, or the fittings to go forward. And then somebody just commented and said, why don't you just turn the radiator around and just stick the fans on the other side again? And it was just like, yeah, I, did, I should have done that, shouldn't I? So, yeah, I ended up just buying another radiator off eBay for 20 quid and just flipping it around and, it, yeah, tie wrap the radiator, the fans on. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that was an elevator pitch there. But, yeah, I'm just a man in a shed just watch me come and make mistakes basically and uh and see see where we go and what projects we do sort of thing so uh, yeah and what are the most important things you've learned from the whole process as well what have i learned i think i've yeah as always i've learned that you know nothing's too far out of reach to do yourself you might not do it right the first time yeah and it might not be perfect but i'm happy i, I sit there at the end of these and you make so many friends. I sit there at the end of the project or near the end of a project and go, well, I painted that car myself. Yeah, there's problems with the paint. But I also only spent two, 300 quid on paint. I didn't spend six grand on labor. And yeah, sure, it would have been a better paint job. But actually, you know, you just sit there and do it yourself. You think, well, if I'm not happy with it in a few years, I'll do it again sort of thing. So uh, I think, yeah, you're just constantly learning that you can try and do these things yourself, if you sort of mean. And uh, yeah. And, and speaking of learning and looking back to sort of um, young Matt mm-hmm. in a, in a, in his um, sitting in his college getting paid twenty five pound a week, do you think that he thought that he would be doing what you're doing now, or do you thought you'd be always a life of IT and stuff? Apart from it being before YouTube, which I don't know if you remember that, but uh, yeah, I really didn't know. I just I loved cars at the time. I was already even at, at college. I'd already had a mini with a body kit on it. Went the old plastic fantastic route sort of thing with the ten inch wheels with a one inch. Well, my dad would only let me put spaces of an inch on the back, but he wouldn't let me put many on the front because he ruined the suspension and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I was already sort of like yeah buying things from Maplins at the time and making your car start from remotes. You know, sitting in the pub and then my mates are like, "Wow, how do you get your car to start?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, it's just this and that sort of thing." So I've always I don't think I'd ever thought I was going to do a YouTube channel or anything like that, but. Uh, yeah, cars and mechanics and planes and anything with an engine, space and stuff like that's my side. You know, it's just all those sort of things that just fascinate me and I always have done. Yeah. And so would you like this to come away from your job now? Would you like this to become a full-time thing? And if so, what would be the plans for that? hundred percent. You know, I think I think anyone that does YouTube or whatever, it's, you know, you 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 know, I enjoy computer programming, but I enjoy cars and mucking about with stuff even more. And that's, you know, if you can get paid and earn money to do your hobby, it'd be amazing. So at the moment, I'm personally in the end, I'm looking at this as a as a retirement thing. So I'm thinking, well, if I can just keep doing this, and because it's my hobby, I'll keep filming it anyway. And then when I ever do get to retirement, it's your retirement money, you know, because I haven't uh, invested well in my in my previous younger years. I had a family quite young and uh, they cost a lot of money. But yeah, I would like to do it. I'm one of these people that sort of has the guts to do stuff. But then also I always, you can't go, oh, I feel I can't just suddenly go, I'm quitting my job now. And let's just, I don't have enough savings to go, well, I'm going to give it six months full time. and Let's see how we go. I definitely think there's something in the future that's you need to find time to be able to create the content. And so whether it's I can get part time or not in, you know, not five days a week and at least just do one day a week YouTubing all the time to bring that content up and do it slowly and gradually. If it doesn't work out, you can always fall back to five days a week again. So I would like to do it. So it's just just trying to find the right thing in the storage as well. I'm down south as well. So anyone that knows does cars down south, you know, storage is extortionate down here. So that's why I'm in a shack. The shack, the shack is the way forward. But I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing just to think that um if I mean to give yourself enough self belief to start off in the first place and to keep going. 
mm. is one thing, but to, to, to want to plan and do it more and for anything like that, even like the podcast itself, this, this is, this is, I say to myself, this is going to be what I do in the future. There's, there's, there's no other way of doubt about it. And it's, I guess it's different for yourself with a family and you've got responsibilities and you've got people to look after. Um, but you, even, even yourself, you, you're taking risks. You picked up that camera in the first place. You, you, mm. you film that first video. So it's, it's never too late for anyone. To no, I think you've you've got to have that vision of that end. You know, I, I've got these stupid visions of having a massive warehouse one day. But actually, in this warehouse, I've got loads of projects. But I'm still going to have like a, a single garage, like mocked up like a studio down the end there. That I can still try and do cars and projects in a small space as well. Because I think that's what spurred a lot of people on and watching my channel is where you've just done it in a single garage. Or in a very, you know, the shack that we've got at the moment, it's just like, you know, you wouldn't keep pigs in there, maybe, you know, but it's not all of us, hardly any of us have a decent warehouse, if you saw, I mean, or your storage yeah. units, you know, we're all working on the side of our drives and things like that. You know, it's it's just reality. So hopefully I won't get too big out of my boots. Shoot me down if I do. No, I, mean, I think aiming aiming for the sky is the best thing. What was that? Shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got to have something to aim for. It just that it keeps you going, you know, as well as doing it. You're thinking about things. You know? And so you mentioned there's like two or three projects that you've got on your mind at any one point. So if we're looking at the future projects, um, mm -hmm. what are some of the biggest ones? What are the ones you're most excited about? I've always, and people have already talked about it before, I've always fancied trying to do like a little single seater, like a 60s style Formula One car. You mm -hmm. know, I love that sort of era of that, you know, with the big old exhaust pipes, you know, six or eight exhaust pipes coming right out the back and and just yeah sort of open wheels you know again whether it's what sort of you know most of my projects i don't really have a uh a class or a formula i'm trying to enter or do anything with some are road legal some aren't that's all yeah. you know it's just making them and then there's always somewhere to drive it if you want to if you saw I me mean. so something like that would be great that's definitely on my list to do i do like a few of the sort of film cars as well and doing a few twists on those like the bandits and the transams and the night riders and the dukes of hazard and you know mm. i've got i've got some ideas around those if you saw I me mean. do like sort of mashing up two sort of different vehicles as well because it's, it's good fun good to get your brain going on problem solving i think there's um there's a brilliant oh. video by someone i think called wesley Cagnan. i think you might have heard of him um mm. american guy who's done exactly that thing he with the porsche um yep. But it looks amazing. I'd, I'd say to do that in England would be a completely different kettle of fish. I mean, the, the laws in America are wild, but to be able to oh, pull it off here. Yeah, every every two minutes of us sort of chop a hole or drill a hole or something, someone's commented about, oh, that's not going on the road over here. Over in America, you just seem to be able to, uh, some of the bigger YouTubes, I'm sure you know them and stuff like that, or just, you know, it's like, a, like not a death trap, but the thing's not finished and they're just driving. Mm. They go for a test drive around the, around the town and drive, you know, you're like, Got no windscreens in and everything like that. You're just like unbelievable. No. You're rolling. You're rolling coal with with no you no know, catalytic converters for those. Mm. You know what those are um, Americans that we have to have those. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's, it's it's amazing the, the freedom out there. But compared to compared to here, but there are some states in America where I guess it is harder. Uh, but I think yeah. things like Australia and stuff are even harder than ours. If you sort of mean so, you know, we still have the freedom. We can still build these projects and put them on the road. There's tests to go through, but they're not. And so, and Matt, what are your, your passions you know, outside of cars? What do you look, look forward to when you're not building a car? You know, is it, is it you're spending time with your family or there other things as well? <laughs> yes, Matt, yes, family, top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, I, I, you know, yeah, my side passions, I do like the old, I like space. I, I follow SpaceX and and all the things that are going on in the rocking industry, which is, you know, completely different to my YouTube channel. But I do like that sort of stuff and, I, you know, anything plane related and, uh, so that's cool. Yeah, going to hopefully go to, wow, yeah. well, we are going to Florida in a few weeks. So hopefully going to see a, a, a real launch for the first time. I've never seen, you know, hardly anyone does that. 
hopefully there's a they're going to be be some so uh yeah that's, that's that's one of my big passions doing a bit of 3d yeah. printing as well which the daughter encouraged me to do because she bought one and then yeah brilliant well, i mean you it, can so start making cars, over, parts so. for cars and you start uh, making trim pieces with that so yeah yeah definitely left something printing at home at the moment because i was just thinking oh, i needed a clutch alignment tool for this audi i need to fit the clutch at the weekend and i'm like oh 10 quid for an alignment tool or something off you know you're normally getting free with a clutch or whatever i didn't have one but yeah i did a quick search on the internet make your own make your own one, tools. so i thought well, i'll give that a go won't i and uh, yeah, yeah, i know we're coming towards the end but there are some questions once, that so. i'd like to ask every guest and it's just a sort of nice end of the podcast and the first one of those is what is your ultimate three car garage Uh, <laughs> yeah oh three um uh, i definitely like one of my dads my dad helped me with or has helped restore uh a mark one mini so that's definitely getting in there that's one of his cars that he's restored during lockdown which was supposed to be our restoring it but he got bored so so i'm going to keep that forever i definitely that's just too many uh, another um, nice big american car i'd love an american car i don't know what you want big old cadillac one of those ones where you sort of slide in a bench seat and it's like you know you put five people across it one of the things that looks too big in England. Yeah. Cadillac, something. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pick up as well. Just, yeah, big old Ford pickup or something like that. Ford F100 or. It's just too, you, you haven't given me enough choices. Three. You only get three, I'm afraid. <laughs> three that's, that's the question. <laughs> and if you didn't like, yeah, if you didn't like nah, three, you're going to hate the next it. question because the next oh. question is you get one car oh. and you get to drive it on one track or one road once. What would it be and where would you go? Uh, Oh, I've heard the, uh, I think there's a great North 500. There's a road up in the top of Scotland, you know, or, you know, there's a route that someone's planned that's got quite a good view. So I definitely plan on doing that. And uh, in the next few years, I plan to do it in the Mini. Choice of a cars, you know, a nice Lamborghini or something. Yeah. Always fancied a Lamborghini. It was always one on my bedroom wall when I was young, the Countach, but yeah a lamborghini yeah, yeah. i don't mind which one i'm gonna be fussy <laughs> there you go any of the lamborghini anything with the bull on it you yeah. drive a tractor if you really want <laughs> yeah yeah oh, jeremy clarkson oh dear but yeah so um yeah so the, the north coast 500 I think, yeah, yeah. And, yeah 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 that's brilliant, oh, brilliant right. there's, there's loads in europe i've heard as well yeah. i'd like to do that but yeah that you know that's feasible i think in the next few years yeah, fantastic and um i know you mentioned your dad i think it's probably the answer to the question but who inspires you yeah yeah it's my dad uh, Inspires, I suppose. Inspires, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. You know, he, he's the one that taught me everything, and you know, I'm the one still sending him photographs when I'm doing something and asking him for help. And, and I don't spend enough time with him. I don't go up there and see him enough. And uh, I think he does love it when I go up there and uh, spend a weekend with him, and we just tinker around in his bigger shed than I have. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we just tinker around, play cars, and go have a pint. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is the the bond. Yeah, most most car people will say it's their parents that they got them into it, and it's their parents that sort of created that love for cars and the origin it's almost like a responsibility to pass that on mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great i think my dad my dad always had a, had a love for cars but he never he never showed me how to do anything with them he never had the technical skills so i kind of had to pick it up myself it's nice to just have that bond with, with, with your parents yeah, yeah. as well I've, I've got a system and we've we've all agreed that basically when my dad does finally pass away that i'm keeping all the cars and the and the farm that he's got and she's just taking the money so uh, anyway, <laughs> well. she, does, she doesn't want the cars and i'm like well okay that's good I thought I was going to argue over the different cars he's got, but no, no. Cool. <laughs> I'll take that. And she doesn't want the, the land. I'm like, well, that's cool. So just tidying up. I'll just move in, you know, so. I'll just have I should be start. laughing if there's a if there's a Ferrari 250 GTO hidden under a blanket, wouldn't she? <laughs> yeah. So I hope it's not too, hope it's too far off to, to, to think about soon. But yeah. I mean, what, what would one piece of advice you'd give to like, a younger you or someone that's someone that wants to start YouTube or someone that wants to even just get started with something with their hands? technically wise 
just try not to be afraid. You know, don't be afraid that, you know, that you might not be able to put it back together. You just thought, you know, if it's something's broken anyway, you do your best to try and, um, yeah, try and fix it or try and repair it. And, uh, yeah, just, but, you know, also don't get overwhelmed by the size of a project. You know, it's very daunting when, you know, a, a car needs full restoration. You've got to take everything apart. You know, you look at all the problems, you start writing your list down and it's pages and pages long. You know, I try not to focus too much on it, you know, because people then you get put off, you know, just focus on yeah. one area, focus on the engine, focus on the front end or the back end or just a corner or the floor or something, you know, and then just slowly work around the vehicle, you know, just one one bit at a time, you know, and all of a sudden, two years later, it's it's solid again, if you see what I mean. But yeah, you know, and just go out there as well, just just and stare at it for half an hour in the evenings or whatever. Just think about something, you know, because uh, it's so easy to just forget these projects for weeks and months. Hmm. Because you're just not, you know, and you just feel like a half an hour doesn't do anything, you know. Uh, but half an hour does do something, even if it's just taking the dust off something or just thinking about something, you know, gets you set up for the weekend. No, brilliant. And the last question is, um, what do you love most about cars? He's building them and 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 and, uh, and the noise and the smell. You know, I, I, I'm into electric cars and I will do electric conversions at some point, but the smell and the, the oilness of a just a petrol car, just you know just when one goes past or whatever and mm. it's over fueled just the just the rawness of just just internal combustion engines you know and just the, the noises and, and once you stick a turbo on it so it's definitely yeah it's definitely the sort of the you know i just love the sound of it the first startup of a car sort of thing and things like that so i think so it's definitely a, i do make love making them and fixing them and restoring them and stuff but yeah just the sounds and the the, the noise and the vibration the actual sort of that, those senses that it gives off i think and triggers your senses you know that's what a car's all about um matt you oh, i'm gonna give the people into a little bit of background you you said you wouldn't be very interesting and i i've been i've been hooked in every word so <laughs> so, so thank you for your time i really do appreciate it thank you for being that's on. Right. no no oh, it's very nice nice of you to flattered to be asked i'm glad i got to have this conversation with matt i said this towards the end but before matt and i sat down he wasn't sure his story was worth telling but to have the confidence to sit down with me anyway and answer question after question, I applaud him. I'm curious, as humans, if we all think our own story is not worth telling. And if so, where does that narrative come from? Is it humility, self-belief, or the environment in which we grew up or growing up in? I wanted to mention this because you need to know, you are unique. The odds that you were even born are astronomical, and the story you write is even more impressive. Take life as it comes, and don't be afraid to change the life that you've been told to lead. Look for new opportunities and know that you have a life worthy of meaning, no matter how straightforward you might find it. There will be someone somewhere that, believe it or not, is looking at the kind of life you lead, a stable job, a loving family, caring friends and food in the fridge, and will want that more than anything. So I hope this fills you with the assurance you need to conquer your week, and I would love to know your story. So feel free to message me and let me know. I would also love it, wherever you are listening, please just take the time to rate the podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave me your honest thoughts. It really helps grow the podcast and reach more people like yourself. So, with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>